Welcome to the Better the Pond podcast. In each episode, Warren Berry, CEO and founder of Instinctive Solutions, talks to amazing people doing incredible things that lead the charge of generosity. We'll discover what makes each guest a bit of an odd duck and how they continue to better the pond around us. The migration starts right now with our host, Warren Berry. Welcome you to another episode of the Better the Pond podcast, where we talk to amazing people doing incredible things that lead the charge of generosity. My name is Warren Berry, and I'm your host and founder of Instinctive Solutions, where we believe that everyone is not duck, but that's what makes them awesome. Now, today, our guest is Lisa Longball Bluswig. Now, from Calgary, she has got a history in gymnastics, track and field, to being an elementary school teacher, to being the first woman to hit a golf ball 350 yards, two feet, two inches, which I must say is much better than my two and a quarter down the middle. You can also see Lisa wake surfing with a coffee in hand in Calgary Flames goalie gear and Toronto Raptors attire and being featured on TSN and Pepsi commercials. Now Lisa's energy is absolutely infectious. And she carries that out, whether it's in her community, in her keynote presentations, and on this podcast as well. So Lisa betters the pond by inspiring people to find their greatness. It was such a privilege to have her on my podcast, and I was totally inspired by her energy. Let me introduce to you Lisa Longball Bluswig. All right, uh, Lisa Longball Bluswick. I am so excited to have you here on my Better the Pond podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely thrilled. I, I love your, your positive energy. You're putting good vibes out into the world. So thrilled to be part of it. Yeah, and that's the, you know, my good friend, Gary Maxwell, who we both know, right? Um, and we always talk about brighten the feed. And that, yep. that's exactly what we're trying to do. So Absolutely. So I wanted to mention, you know, I've had um, some incredible people on my podcast. We had Dave Carroll, who is, you know, famous Canadian. With United he's broken guitar. Yeah. Yep. We've got Gary Maxwell, who's just, he's, he's the legend. I mean, he's, he's, you know, but now I have you. I mean, the celebrity from Calgary. <laughs> now you're on Pepsi commercials. You, I mean, you got the whole surfboarding thing going on. I mean, you are just you're out there. I mean, I I don't know what to say. I mean, it's crazy. It, it, so if you told me 15 years ago this is what I'd be doing for a living, I would think you were crazy. I was actually an elementary school teacher. I believe teaching is a vocation, a calling, and it's all I ever wanted to do. And then I discovered this weird re freaky ability to hit a golf ball a long way. And 15 years later. This is what I do for a living, and it's crazy. It's crazy. So isn't it funny, though? I mean, you look back and you say, well, would you ever guess in a million years that you No. No, no, either with my students, I'm sure. But, you know, it's funny. I miss my students. I miss teaching. But for me, um, I, I get to still teach in another way. I run my own uh, golf school for women. Uh, I also teach clinics all across North America. So I still get to teach. Uh, because that's, I truly, when you see a, a student's face light up and have that aha moment, there's nothing comparable. And so I definitely miss the classroom, but fortunately I get to teach in other ways now. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally get it. You know, when I speak and I, and I do workshops and whatnot, and you get that person when that light bulb clicks, you just yes. see it, you see that energy shift. There, there's it's the greatest feeling and whether that would be with a, with a child with a student or with an adult I mean really absolutely and I feel the same way as I do keynote speaking as well at conferences conventions and when people take the time to come up to me afterwards Lisa wow thank you you inspired me you've changed my way of thinking again that's that's teaching that's educating and to me what, what a gift that that's what we get to do for a living yes exactly yeah. so um, just before we dive into your story uh, we talked a little bit earlier, and I need you to tell you know the the my my listeners, right? How far can Lisa <laughs> Longball Bluswick hit a golf ball? My longest drive in competition, I only ever count in competition, is 350 yards, two feet, two inches. So I was the first woman to ever hit it over three and a half NFL uh, football fields in uh, our one of our long drive tour event uh, competitions. Yeah, so pretty exciting. 
So my my two twenty five down the middle doesn't. <laughs> hey, but I take that. See, all day long, that's a nice safe. Instead of laying free off the tee out of bounds, that has happened to me once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So so Lisa, um, you know, I want to know what took you from being a gosling to leaving the nest to God, you know, to where you are today. Um, what's your backstory? It's quite interesting, actually. So as I mentioned, I was an elementary school teacher, passionate about it. Um, if I had to go back a little bit further, uh, as for golf, because people assume I've been playing golf since I was knee-high to a grasshopper, which is not the case at all. I was my dad's last hope as a golfer. My mom didn't play, my sister didn't play, so my dad dragged me out to the local junior night. Well, in the 1980s, uh, here in Alberta, there weren't a lot of strong junior girls golf programs. So there were 60 boys of me, Coach took one look at me, told me to go hit my six iron at the end of the range, and he proceeded to work with the boys uh, the rest of the evening. So I decided golf wasn't that fun, and I quit until probably, like, you know, maybe playing nine holes a year with my dad if he forced me. And it wasn't until my 20s when my boyfriend at the time, now husband Anton, he just graduated from university, and he's a farm kid from Alberta, so he didn't golf a lick, but he realized that golf is a key business networking skill, and he was missing out on all these amazing networking opportunities uh, and he didn't play, so he dragged me out to the local muni uh, to get started, to kind of go out and play. And for me, my big turning point actually happened in 1999. The uh, LPGA uh, came to Calgary, and boy, we only get the LPGA once every about 10 years, so it was a big deal. And I couldn't break 100 to save my life. I was a 30-plus handicap, but I volunteered to go watch the best female golfers in the world and their smooth, effortless swings. Well, after watching that event, I decided I wanted to compete in golf. And that's kind of where the bug started. Wow. So I'm going to take you a little bit back. So we want to take you back okay. to, a, to being a gosling. Where did you, where was your start? I mean, okay, so this is and you're right. I'm glad you took me back there because I absolutely credit my ability to, I'm, I'm a mom of a 13 year old boy. And yet I, I competed, I continue to compete at the world long drive championships. Um, uh, eight time Canadian long drive champion. My, my top finish is second in the world. Why? Gymnastics. So I was a gymnast. My mom put me into gymnastics. Well, first we started in ballet and apparently I was too high energy for ba ballet. So the instructor, <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe Lisa should try gymnastics. And so my mom put me into gymnastics. And by the age of seven, I was training six days a week, four to five hours a night. And I truly believe that gymnastics is the basis of all sport. And it's why now as a mom, I can, I can hit a golf ball the length of three and a half NFL football fields. I can wake surf uh, with goalie gear on. You know, I, I, I absolutely credit uh, all my athletic ability to, because I was an uh, elite gymnast, actually in trampoline and tumbling is what I competed in before trampoline was an Olympic sport. So would you say it goes back to just doing uh, gymnastics and, and those things, or was it the coaching that you received? Was it, was Well, I was very, very fortunate. So uh, when I was uh, being coached, I definitely it, it's, it's the, the, the coaching is absolutely part of that. So Boris Verhofsky was my coach. He was actually from Russia amazing man I, he inspired me he knew so much and I you wanted to he was the type of coach that made you want to work hard for him not just for yourself but also I wanted to impress him and uh, he has since gone on to Cirque du Soleil and has done wonderful things with Cirque du Soleil but he was my start and as I mentioned you know I do feel that gymnastics has led to so many things for me when I went into university um, I actually competed for the University of Calgary in uh, track and field in heptathlon and I was so fortunate to work under the tutelage of Les Romantic. So Les Romantic was Canada's head coach for track and field. And Michael Smith, uh, while he was training for the Olympics, came and joined us. And I, I got to tra train with decathlete Michael Smith as a university student. So for me, I've had so many amazing experiences as an athlete and having incredible coaches. Wow. That's quite a story. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Thank um, you. So, and then, you know, you go back into that in university. And what's, can I just ask, what took you into education? What was, what was Oh, that? so I, it's funny. You know how when, uh, like, you're, when you're a little kid and people say, what do you want to do for a living? I always wanted to be a teacher. I truly believe teaching is a vocation, a calling. And so it's what I always wanted to be. I just knew it. And as I was growing up as a teenager and I could start working, I was a gymnastics coach. I was a day camp leader. I was a Sunday school teacher. I did everything I could do to hopefully one day become a teacher. So for me, education is, 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 is what I want to be and do. Wow. Um, and how many years did you teach for? Oh boy, I taught, well my, <laughs> I started teaching, so I, I have two university degrees, so I started teaching at 23 
and um, I had a Freedom Freedom 29 party. So when I just got, by the time I figured out, realized my, my this crazy ability to hit a golf ball a long way, um, you know, my husband said, you know, Lisa, like, there's no way I could, I started competing on a tour all over the United States uh, and uh, traveling and, and to compete at that level, you, you can't have a full-time job. And so I was so passionate about teaching, but I also was passionate about long drive. And I knew I, 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 I had to either quit, you know, I had to quit one or the other. And my husband said, Lisa, you have a limited chance to be the best in the world at something. Do it. And so I signed, nervously signed my resignation letter. Uh, so, so we had a freedom to, it was just before my 30th birthday that I, I decided to go full bore and do this full time. Freedom 29. <laughs> Well, and again, of course, I, I, I work and I have so many different aspects of what I do now, but he likes to think of it as my Freedom 20, because he doesn't really think golfer is a job. <laughs> oh. Well, so here's my question. Is it? What are your thoughts? Oh, my goodness. So, it, oh, absolutely. For, first of all, just even this, the, the, you know, com com competing again at a world-class level, what you have, to, and especially for me, as a 40-something-year-old mom to stick, keep up with the 20-year-olds. It's the training. Like, I woke up at 6.30 this morning to work out because before we got together to do the podcast, because for me, that's I, I have to get that in and the training and the repetition with hitting the balls and, 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 and so on and so forth. So it's absolutely, you know, a full-time job. But for me, there's been so many crazy offshoots that have come from it. So as I said, you know, all of a sudden, you know, now I've started teaching my own golf school for women because I've noticed at all these uh, corporate and charity golf tournaments, I'm also a golf entertainer. So I go to these tournaments and 75 to 80% of the attendees are men. Where are the women? And I realized they were back in the office doing the work while the guys were smartly doing the networking. But it's because they, were, they felt intimidated. They didn't feel they had the skills to go say yes to these corporate and charity invitations. So I started doing that. And then, as I mentioned, golf entertaining, keynote speaking. Um, and I also am a golf journalist. I you know, have written for several publications and continue to write. So I have so many different aspects of what I do as Lisa Longball that it is most certainly a full-time job and then some. <laughs> So now, but does your husband still think it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, like, he likes to tease me. He likes to tease me. But no, he, he sees how hard I work it, especially, well, pre-COVID, boy, oh boy, I was traveling all over. Like I would have a speaking engagement in Toronto and then I would be, I had a, uh, another speaking engagement in Georgia and then I'd have an event in, you know, California. So I was traveling all over competition in South Carolina. So I'd be traveling all over the place and, uh, you know, trying to balance, you know, that work-life balance and being a mom as well too and so that was that was challenging no so he definitely now he definitely sees it but he still likes to tease me <laughs> oh, of course he would why wouldn't he <laughs> yeah. uh, no and i and i understand that i mean when you know uh, to, in order to too well to be the best in class i mean you know it, it, it is work it is dedication oh uh, yes and you gotta you gotta put the reps in there's absolutely there's no doubt about it um so you know in so what did you do with COVID, I mean, now, you know, obviously being a speaker, and I you know I speak as well, so I totally, I, I get it. Um, yeah. But so, you know, how's that, how's that shaped, what's going on with you right it, now? It has turned my life upside down for sure. So uh, as you mentioned, first of all, speaking, I had several speaking engagements booked where I'd be traveling. So all of those, well, some, most of them were canceled, but some of them actually pivoted virtually. So that was kind of cool and holy learning curve, learning how to, uh, to, to, to give a, a, a high quality keynote presentation virtually. So it's buying the ring lights, the other lights, the, you know, uh, I have a wireless lab, you know, uh, the webcams, the, the whole nine yards, you know, learning how to, how to do that and using, learning how to use all the different platforms like Zoom and Microsoft Teams. So that, that was a learning experience in and of itself. So that was one part of what I did for COVID. Another part um, is actually I'm, I'm sponsored by Golf Town. So Golf Town is Canada's uh, leading retailer in golf with 47 locations across Canada. And so I'm honored to be one of their brand ambassadors. And they reached out to me and they said, Lisa, people right now have the itch for golf. This is when people would be starting golf season at the beginning of COVID. They said, you know, is there anything, you know, would you be willing to do some videos, some lessons for, for you know, people who would be interested in, in keeping up their golf game so that when we can get back out golfing, um, that th th they would feel right, ready to go. So I said, absolutely. So I actually filmed 17 videos with Golf Town that are continuing to be watched now. I was getting up to 135,000 views uh, per video from all over the world, not just Canadians, you know, uh, from the United States, Australia, the UK, Spain, people will be watching my videos and, and commenting and writing back. And since then, 
I've had, I've had dozens and dozens of people write me, Lisa, I've dropped, you know, 15 strokes off my handicap or off my score. And oh, Lisa, I can, I, I, I can hit the, my ball for the first time in my life over 200 yards. And some of the ladies have been so excited. And Lisa, I've cut my three putts to hardly any anymore. So it's so exciting when people take time to tell me what, what the videos have meant to them. And, they, and so many people said, Lisa, this has been my bright spot during the pandemic. And what an honor, what an honor for someone to say that. Well, there's your natural teacher coming out, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so yes, yeah, so if any of your listeners want to, to, to see any of that, I have a YouTube channel. They can go to uh, Lisa Longball, my YouTube channel, and I've got uh, free instructional videos there. They're welcome. You, they can see all 17 of the, the videos there and, and some other videos that are helpful as well, too, for any of your golfers out there. <laughs> yeah. So now, would you ever thought that you would have done that? If it wasn't for COVID, would that ever have happened? Oh, no. And that's the funny thing is, and Gare always says, uh, our, our friend Gare says, you know, if it, if it didn't happen on YouTube, did it happen? You know, that kind of, you know, thing. And I, I, I was always kind of, I was more of a picture person on social media. I didn't do many videos and I, I realized very quickly the power of video. And again, that learning curve, I had to, the people at Gulf Town, their, their, their um, tech people were so wonderful. They had to walk me through a Facebook live. That's how I did my the videos and all the different aspects and how I had to do it and 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 all the tricks and, and all that so so that was that was no I never would have done it so COVID actually has been a gift that way and it, it, it's pushed not just myself but I see so many people out there in, in the workforce that that they would never ever have been so techie but now you've got your employee that's been a 30-year employee that maybe still uses a Blackberry but now is is proficient in Microsoft Teams and Zoom calls right yeah, that's exactly it. And, you yeah. know, if, if it wasn't for COVID, um, that, you know, this podcast would never have occurred. It was something there that was back in my mind. But, you know, yeah. I, think, oh, I should do that one day, you know, but it never had time or you always made all sorts of excuses. Then all of a yeah. sudden there it was and saying, you know what, we have to brighten the feed and we have to tell good stories. Exactly. So there was, a, you know, there is a lot of positives that actually yeah. really come out of this. And if I had to give my biggest gift of COVID, because I think it's so easy to look at the negatives of COVID, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's been a gift of time with family. I, I, as I mentioned, I have a 13-year-old boy. To have that time with him, and yes, we survived homeschooling together, even though I'm a former teacher, that doesn't necessarily mean it goes well with your own child. But we, but you know what? We, we, to have that time with him, and I know like in six years, he's gone. And uh, so like as a teenager that we laughed and, you know, watched movies and, and, and you know, time that maybe he would have been spending with friends and, and at hockey and all these other, you know, everything else he, he does extracurricular wise. So it was, it, to me, it was a wonderful bonding time. And so I, I feel so lucky to have had that time yeah i mean there, there definitely is that gift uh, my daughter who is now 19 she's in oh. um so she's an old pair over there and so i didn't get a chance to see her and, and we couldn't bring her back just with, with everything that was going on but uh, my son is 16 and definitely we've spent much more time together and right all the little things that you know and, and it is it is the gift of time i for sure so, you know, Lisa, I believe that we're, that we're all odd ducks. I believe that we're all misfits. So can you tell me about a time when you didn't fit in? What set you apart? And that could be either positive or negative. Well, it's actually funny. I would say, like, if I'm coming back to golf, so here my husband drags me out to the golf course, or we were boyfriend, girlfriend at the time. And, you know, there's not as many women who are out golf. Thing. So I, I was always with me with the boys, right? So I was kind of a misfit always being out there. And, and then once I started to enjoy it, I would go out with my Canadian tire pull cart, and my Mickey Mouse head covers, and I'd walk out as a single, you know, by myself. And I'd always get paired with three guys. And it was kind of funny because I, I always played with men. So I actually never really knew that I, I hit it a long way. But one of the funny times was I remember I had saved my money. It took me 13 months to squirrel up enough money to, to surprise my husband and take him to Pebble Beach. That was his dream course for his birthday. And so I'd saved up and we went there. And when we arrived, you know, you talk about being the odd duck, the, I, the, my, my playing partners get introduced to me. They take one look at me and they see that they're paired with a girl. And they're like, oh, great. You can just see them rolling their eyes, right? And they're like, ah. And then the starter comes over, right? You know, he's a little long in the tooth. He's like 100. And, um, and so uh, that we had tossed a tee to see who would go first and it landed on me. So I stepped back to the blues, one up from the tips. And the starter says to me, he's like, oh, excuse me, little Missy, the uh, ladies teaser up there. And so it was quite funny because it was like, I felt 
I felt so awkward. I felt so like, it's like, oh no, that's where the women go. That's where the women go. This is where the men play and that's where the women go. And so anyway, it was, I, I, I had paid $500 US at a 67 cent Canadian dollar. So I was not playing from 5,200 yards. So I told him that no, no, my handicap would indicate I should play from here. And it was one of those moments that, you know, here you could have let it kind of take you down and I'm standing over my ball. And, uh, I, you know, I, I basically have one swing thought in my head and that's please don't cold top it off the tee. Please don't cold top it off the tee. And I end up ripping my drive. You know, and I look back at the starter and, you know, it was so funny. It was one of those moments that I actually, I absolutely hit it perfectly. And, uh, and, and, you know, but here the starter was trying to go make me play from the ladies tees. And so, you know, sometimes I felt awkward that way that, that it's like, because I'm a, a woman and, you know, that they, I, there was just this assumption that I can't golf and I can't hit, hit a golf ball a long way. Isn't that interesting? So the yeah. look, look, well, not only the starter's face, but also the other three men that were partnered with you. Oh, yeah. They're eyeballs. I mean, my caddy. My caddy was like, and it was so funny because he just kept handing me driver all day. And normally I try to play like a safer game if I'm trying to score. Like I know I don't want to be 20, 30 yards from the green because that's not my my juicy money distance. And yeah. and no, my driver's like, my, my caddy was like, you hit it, I'll find it. And so he just kept handing me driver. <laughs> but it was so that it was just yeah an awesome experience awesome experience that way and um i noticed on facebook uh, fairly recently and i and i didn't write down which course it was but there was a sign that said the ladies tea yes and so that um, was interesting a friend of mine had reached out to me and sent me the sign and it was so disappointing because she said you know she's a phenomenal golfer she plays for the university of calgary and she's like look at this lisa and it was a sign that said ladies tees this way and here's the problem and i'm not standing on my feminist pulpit here because i was actually standing up for men because i know if you're a beginner male golfer and you have no experience in golf you probably should be from the forward tees because it's all about yardage and my son he's been playing the forward tees for years and years and just this year he just started to move back to the second tee box which would be the whites at many golf courses and uh but here if he saw a sign that said ladies tees there's no way my 13 year old would play from a a, a, a tee box that says ladies tees so we're impacting our junior male golfers our beginning male golfers and um so there's some of our golfers and especially as we age we lose distance so some of our seniors and you lose that distance you can't be playing 6,500 yards still that's too long of a course and so now they're they're too embarrassed to move up to the forward tees if there's a big sign there saying ladies tees so i, I was very pleased because we i you know i put it out on 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 with social media and the next day that actually the course took the sign down so that was absolutely awesome but i did it in a positive way and i think if we can use our voice in a positive way instead of being cranky and slanderous and everything else right. just sharing our opinion and our why things can change positive change can happen absolutely so do you yeah. think that that'll actually turn into a, a, a movement as, as, as well such. It, it actually has been so it's funny i had some superintendents reach out to me that one of the superintendents said lisa for 30 years i've we've been, they've been trying to get it to be called the 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 you know the forward tees um and actually really they don't even need to be called the forward tees it could just be t box one two three four and it's all by yardage and that's the best sign every golf course can put up which many golf courses do is a sign that says if your handicap is zero to nine this is the tee box you can play, or the, here's the yardage. And then if your handicap is 10 to 19, this is the tee box that would be good for you, right? So it's, it has nothing to do whether you're a man, a woman, a junior. A, it, it's what yardage is a good yardage for your game. That's all golf should be about, right? right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's yeah. a smart idea the way that you call it, we have one, two, three, four, right? Yeah, one, two, three, four is perfect because you don't even want to call them the forward tees. It's just, that's tee box number one. Yeah. Tee box number one is a 5,200 yard yardage. Boom. If that's good for you, perfect. That's the tee box you should be playing. And, yeah. uh, and actually, the city of Calgary, years ago, it's been years, they've stopped. They won't make their forward tees are not red. I, I can't remember what color they are. I think they might be gold, but they're not red because many men didn't want to play from the red tees because of that stigma of ladies' tees. And actually, at Pritis Greens, the same thing, therefore, that's that was, uh, where Calgary has held the LPGA tournament uh, the last two times. Um, their their te forward tees are not uh, red. And actually, their tips, their, their set, you know, the, the, the furthest back that you can play are pink. So they're, because they're trying to say, hey, let's take, let's take gender out of here. So there's many, many golf courses that have been, you know, trying to encourage their members to pick, the, and, and golfers in general, to pick the right tee box for their, for their game. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a smart, and you know, it, but it's so, it's so gender um, related. I mean, yeah, you know, I was going to say you could do the reds, the whites, the blues, the blacks, 
right? But there's still that stigma, right? There that is. The reds are the, are the, the, the ladies' teas. Uh, totally. And so we, we're, it's been changing, but it's just, we need to, you know, we have to keep the change. We have to, and there's so many men out there that are awesome about saying, you know, trying to help that. And, and I had tons of support from guys out there saying, oh yeah, because they, you know, their spouse doesn't play that tea box either. So they're like, hey, or they want to play that tea box with their spouse and they don't want it called the ladies' teas. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's very interesting. And, and, I, yeah. and I really hope that that becomes a movement. And I think it's very, very smart. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, and it, you're right. It is, it is just, it's about yardage. Um, you know, that's all it is. And, yeah, I as a golfer, I, should, and, and, and even let's say there's a lady that's a single digit handicap, but she can't hit her driver 200 yards. She should not be from the tips. And right. so she should be pick a yardage that's right for her game. Right. And so, and maybe that is the forward tees. Maybe it's, this, and even though she's a low handicap. So again, it doesn't matter. It, it's not just about handicap because you have to look at how far you hit your golf clubs because otherwise you won't be able to, you won't be able to handle some of the forced carries from a yardage further back. Yeah. I can stroke my yeah. ego and play from the tips, but I know, what <laughs> I, I, but, I, but I know what the end game would be. It'll be a long day. Yeah, that would be a long day. day. <laughs> so, so Lisa, no, I want to know what is your superpower? Uh, what makes you awesome? What makes you stand out? And this isn't about ego. This isn't about bragging. This is about, you know, that, that, that inner goose, that, that Lisa, right? What is it that makes you awesome? Well, it's funny. I, I think most people immediately would be like, oh, well, she hits the golf ball the length of three and a half NFL football fields when 80% of women can't hit it 200 yards. So that's kind of like would be the obvious answer. But, you know, if I had to pick one about what my superpower would be, I would honestly say uh, my uh, uh, enthusiasm, my natural enthusiasm. Everyone always teased me. Oh, my goodness. How many coffees or Red Bulls have you had, Lisa? And, and I don't eat, I don't drink coffee. I don't even drink coffee. Uh, but they uh, I, I think I just ha always had a natural exuberance and, and I get teased about it sometimes but I, I, I think that I try to approach life that way and I think that's what made me a great teacher and it helps me to stay positive and and as I'm traveling because sometimes traveling can be exhausting so when you have that that high energy level that definitely helps me with my present being wonderful in terms of presentations that I'm not standing on a stage Bueller Bueller you know like I, I you know I have fun up there and I, again I think that comes from that natural energy level so if I had to pick one superpower that probably would be it and hitting a golf ball. Like and hitting a golf ball. <laughs> but maybe, but here, here's the thing though. I think your exuberance and your energy is what gives you that edge to hit a golf ball that far. I, I do agree with that. I honestly do, because that's my personality. And that's, my personality is kind of like, boom, let's do this, you know? And so, and which is, long drive is all about explosive energy, so. Exactly. <laughs> And so uh, any of the listeners, yeah, they have to watch your videos. They're on, I would assume they're on Facebook. Are they on Facebook? I'm assuming they're on um, Twitter, on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. Instagram, you, you oh, yeah, I didn't even know what TikTok. There we go. My 13-year-old helped me with what TikTok was. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've, heard, I've heard of it. Um, <laughs> Ask your 16-year-old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll give it a deep tweet. But after watch your, your surfing videos, uh, they're hilarious. Um, well, you talk about you talk about brightening the feed and and you know uh, you know to, how do you better the pond you know uh, to do all that. For me, uh, what I've done so for the for for your listeners and viewers that haven't haven't seen it, uh, I love wake surfing. So water is something that just calms my soul. I've always loved the water since I was a little girl. You know, water skiing. I still slalom ski. I know that's an '80s thing, but I love doing slalom skiing and stuff like that. But I've fallen in love with wake surfing. And so what wake surfing is, you're only going about 10 miles an hour. You're behind the boat. And hopefully what you can do is drop the rope and you actually surf the wave that's behind the boat. And many people who do it struggle with it because they, as soon as they drop the rope, they, they can't keep the wave. So it's, it's difficult that way. But once you catch it or figure it out, it's, it's magical. And so during COVID, I just, you know, there were so many negative, there's so much negative social media out there. And I just, I wanted to, as you said, brighten the feed and uh, better the pond. And so what I did is I started these videos to make people smile and make people laugh. And my first video, I'm wearing a house coat with a towel on my head. Uh, I have a cup of coffee, which yeah, I don't drink coffee, so it wasn't coffee. Uh, and, uh, I, I, and I read a Golf Digest and I'm reading a Golf Digest while surfing. And, and I, ha I think it had 80,000 views on, uh, on Facebook. And it's just, it just, it blew up because people were laughing. And then, but then I had so many people say, oh, Lisa, these are fake. Like, obviously you're using a green 
green screen because they couldn't comprehend. It's like, I can't even drop the rope and you're drinking a cup of coffee and reading a magazine. Like, how is this? And you're not wet. Like, how are you not wet? And I go off the back of the boat and come back on the boat. So uh, after people said how much they enjoyed them, it's become a series. Uh, so I've done many now. So I, <laughs> so I saw the coffee one. There was the goaltender one, which is- Oh, that was hardcore. The goaltender one. So I stole my son's uh, uh, street hockey equipment. And so I've got full street hockey equipment. And then I took his, he has a flames, like a full mask, because like, we're voracious Calgary Flames fans. And so I've got the full, I'm wearing a Flames jersey, the whole nine yards, and I go off the back and my, we have foam pucks. And my son is like pelting me with foam pucks and I'm like using the blocker, the catcher, you know, stopping these pucks. Now, of course, they're foam pucks. We went back and picked all the pucks up. So I just want everyone to know I didn't leave anything in the lake. So we picked all the foam pucks up. But it was so funny because all of a sudden Hockey Night in Canada picked it up and Sportsnet. So Kelly Rudy, actually, so I, I've donated my time for his charity golf tournament. He sends me a text. He's like, um, just saw you on the HNIC broadcast. And he's like, nice surfing. And so that was so funny. So yeah, so that was crazy. And then uh, Pepsi has this uh, commercial that's going on right now. And it's called hashtag ready for hockey. And so it kind of asked viewers to um, uh, uh, fans to, to submit their video uh, of their favorite team and how they celebrate their favorite team and how they get ready for hockey. Right. And so I just, I added the hashtag to my goalie video. Well, Pepsi called me and asked if they could use my video in their commercial. And then just this week. So if you're, if you watched the, the stars game last night, or if you're going to watch the Eastern conference, uh, I think it's tonight. Um, uh, you'll be able to uh, see my videos. And what they do is uh, so there's a Pepsi commercial. So they've used the goalie video, but now I also did a Calgary Flames fan where I'm wearing a Flames toque and I've got a car flag and a, one of those fingers, number one fingers. And so they, they started using that one as well. So both my videos, and it'll say Lisa from Calgary. So, so that's kind of fun, right? And it makes people laugh and smile during COVID. So that's why I do them. But, you know, isn't it amazing though? I mean, just from an idea, right? Like, yeah. hey, I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna, I'm, we're just gonna go out and we're gonna wake surf and, and yeah. we're, you know, in my, in my house coat. I, I had no idea. I had no idea it would explode. Like, oh, and then I did a back to school for any of your parents out there. I did a play on the Staples commercial. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And I had to convince my son to be in the video for three seconds, which he did not want to do, but it was quite funny. And then I did a Raptors one, my Raptors one, the Toronto Raptors. And of course that epic game that uh, they had the other night to game six to uh, that with the Kyle Lowry was off the charts. And so, so again, so it's been really fun that way. Like, and the people that have reached out to me and said how much they've enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, and so, and how fun. And I, so I filmed, a, I filmed a Toronto Blue Jays one that I haven't posted yet. And I've got some, I, I've got a Christmas one coming up later. And so I, I feel I've pre-filmed a few now that I won't be back on the lake. So, which will be kind of fun. Yeah, because I was going to ask you, you know, for the listeners, do we get any insider information? But you just gave it, so... I just gave right? you that. That is the insider. So I've got an MLB one coming up. And, of course, I support the Canadian team. So, of course, our Raptors and our and our MLB team, of course, being the Toronto Blue Jays. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud to be from Canada and want to support our Canadian team. So, yeah, so my, my baseball one's pretty funny, too. And, uh, yeah, I, I really, really just enjoyed doing them. And so, and it won't be long, unfortunately, before the pond will be frozen. I know that's a sad face. I get it. I know. Uh, but but will you? Be, but do you think you'll go back at it in the uh, in the summer? You know, I'll see the response. If people would like me to keep doing it, I'll totally keep doing it. I've had lots of people give suggestions as to what they'd like to see. So, I, if people are enjoying them, I'll absolutely keep doing them. You know, I, again, I, it's when I get all of these positive comments and all the positive feedback back, I, I just feel that if I can, if I can make people laugh, why wouldn't I? Exactly. I yeah. totally agree with you. And so at the end of this podcast, right, we're going to, we're going to, I'll ask the question where to find you so that, yeah. you know, so that we can, you know, have the listeners reach out to you so that you can better the pond. Thank you. Well, yeah. you know, when you talk about bettering the pond, so my videos have been one way about, of, of, of doing that, but I think bettering the pond is, is something that is very, very important to me. And so I was very proud over COVID. I accepted actually the first uh, uh, female board member position for Hockey Alberta Foundation. So the Hockey Alberta Foundation, their mantra is every kid, every community. So meaning that any child in our province 
that uh, would like to play hockey, we want to help them play hockey. So if it, whether it be equipment they can't afford or perhaps their fees that they can't afford, we want to, uh, we want to have a fund available to help all these children. So uh, they, they approached me and asked me to become a board member and I am their first female board member. So I'm volunteering my time to do that to help because as I'm a hockey mom, so I'm a hockey mom. My, son, my son's just gone into Bantam. Oh, sorry, I think it's U15 now, called U15. And uh, so yeah, so I, it's, it's another way of, of, of giving back. So, and we're going to get into that, actually, what you're doing to yeah. Bed Upon. And so now you're a hockey mom, right? So I'm, I'm a hockey dad. And so my son is now going to be in second year midget. Will be oh, my goodness. And, yeah. um, and so I have coached uh, all the way through since he was in three, four, five. And, and, and still continue to it. I do all the music and the announcing and all that stuff for all the awesome. games. Ever since he awesome. was in... I think it was a novice where I started doing the, the music yeah. and announcing and everything for the teams. And anyway, um, so in my, but in my travels, right, there's being a hockey dad, there's hockey moms, right? And then there's crazy hockey moms. Not me. Okay. I am not okay. the crazy hockey mom because people always assume because I'm exuberant, I'll be, I would be that fan. If you would see me in the stands, this is me in the stands. And then if a goal happens, I'm like, and then once we're up by two, you won't see me clap the rest of the game. I just, and even if it's my son that scores as a D-man and D-man don't, don't score as often, I will, because I just, I'm a very respectful hockey parent. And I'm actually, I'm quite quiet because I think that we don't need, like those, you talk about some of the crazy hockey parents and are screaming and yelling. The only time you'll see me um, lose it, we'll call lose it, is when I see parents berating referees 14-year-old referees, and we've all seen it, where parents are yelling at referees and these kids and, and, and using inappropriate language and yelling at kids that aren't their own and saying terrible things to other kids on the ice, that's when you'll see me get involved. And that's when I just remind the people in the stands, you know, that they need to be respectful. So in my, when I do my intro to the team, so I do the, yeah. I do the, 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 the starting lineups and everything, but what are they actually, one of the lines that I use is say, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to remind you to please be respectful to our on-ice officials. Awesome. Remember that they have a job to do and they don't come to your place of work and yell at you. Exactly. And let's be clear, because my son also started umpiring in baseball. And you know what? He, he, he might have made a mistake here or there, but that's how we learn, right? And having parents screaming and yelling in six-year-old baseball because their child was called, it was a strike when it was a ball. Let's just, let's be real here. Let's just yeah. decide that we all are trying to figure it out. We're all trying to learn, you know? And so, yeah, respect. And it comes back to, as you said, respect. I, I, I totally agree with you. So, yeah. Um, so Lisa, can you tell me about a time in your life where someone did something for you that left an impact? You know, if I, if I had to pick, you know, I'm not going to pick in terms of a, a specific time. What I would like to share with you is, is the impact someone's had on me. And that impact has actually been my mom. Uh, you know, my mom, uh, she has been that, that person that's been the cheerleader, that person that has been there that was driving me six days a week to, to gymnastics every single day, driving me there, picking me up, making sure, you know, taking me to all the competitions and making sure that I had all the gear. And if we had to go purchase anything, she was there always telling me, you know, rooting for me, cheering for me. And, and when I fall flat on my face, she was there to pick me up um, and there to celebrate when I had the successes. And I, I think that you don't get that. You don't understand. For me, it, I, it wasn't until I became a parent myself that I realized what a gift that was. And that I'm the person I am today because of my mom, because I saw what strength was. I saw what love and caring and kindness and generosity. And so I tried to model the way I am today because of who my mom was. And, you know, I was so proud of her. She, you know, she went back to education was always important to her. But my grandparents were kind, uh, were older, and they always believed that you know a a lady's place would be perhaps in the kitchen, or or maybe she could be a nurse or a teacher or a secretary, and that was kind of my grandparents' view. Yeah. And um, so my mom, you know, went through that, but they 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 never supported her to go through school. But my mom always said to my my I have a sister, so the, to the two of us said, you know, ladies, you will get an education, you will have an education, so that you have two feet to stand on. And she that she just drummed that into us since we were like at university wasn't an option. It was like no, you will be going to university university it's like okay so you know and so I think that, that that mentality is a wonderful mentality especially for young girls to have and uh, and then once my sister and I finished university and went off into the working world my mom went back to university herself as a 50 year old student so she went back and and I got her university degree which made me so incredibly proud 
Wow. That's what yeah. did she get a degree in? Actually, you know what? She, she went, it was interesting. So she had run her own art gallery. So she ran her own art gallery. She wanted to get a business degree. And she was, uh, she hadn't taken math since the 1960s. And so she was really struggling with the math. And I said, mom, why do you want a business degree? I said, you ran a very successful art gallery that you sold, uh, successfully sold and, and have all these amazing customers and everything. So you, you have your, 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 uh, your business degree. I said, what do you love? And she said, I love the law. So she actually got a bachelor of arts in law and society. What a lot of uh, people get pre, uh, pre law before they go into to law school. Mm -hmm. So and she loved it. She just loved it. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so, and what is she doing now? So, oh, so now, oh gosh, she's always, she volunteers both at my, my, my son's school, my sister's son's school. She's always, she's been just incredible that way. She's helped out with the Calgary Food Bank, volunteering her time with the food bank. She was helping with the, uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society. She's that lady that's always out there giving back, helping people, helping others. She betters the pond every day. And, and does she have the same level of exuberance as you <laughs> No, I think I'm their odd duck. I think when you speak of odd ducks, they're like, oh, where did this one come from? <laughs> well, so we're, but we're, we're lucky to have you in our pond. I will say that. <laughs> so what are you doing right now, uh, Lisa, to, to better the pond? And, and so in, in addition to my work with, with, with the Alberta Hockey Foundation, some of the things I do to better the pond, um, I, I, I believe in, in, in women helping women. That's something that's been really strong for me because my mom's been such a gift to help raise me up. So I find that I, I become the Canadian lead for Women's Golf Day. So this was the fifth year of Women's Golf Day. It's an initiative to help inspire new women to come into the game and the women that are currently in the game to to help other women uh, come into the game and, and introduce them to the game. So for five years, I've been the Canadian lead on that and volunteering a tremendous amount of time to help get more women and girls because I think if we have more women and girls in the game, that's where we're gonna grow the game and then more families are playing together and it's just such a wonderful sport, low impact, you know, uh, that you, very few injuries that occur that way and it's a sport that you can do into your 80s and 90s if you're healthy and it's outdoors. So. That's something that's been a passion project of mine. Uh, something else I do to better the pond, I'm passionate about Special Olympics. So I, I do everything and anything I can to help Special Olympics. Uh, I believe gift, uh, sport, uh, sorry, sports has been such a gift in my life that if you've ever, ever, never had a chance to meet a Special Olympian, take the time because you will see what sheer uh, unabashed joy looks like when you watch a Special Olympian participate in Special Olympics. So for, to me, those are two, two things that are just absolutely I'm passionate about uh, in helping. So, and the bigger question that now we know, now we know what you do, but yeah. I want to know why do you do it? So in terms of, for me, I would say the why. So uh, for one of the, so one of the things I do is I compete on the Golf Channel's World Long Drive Tour. Now that's just been, there's been, of course, with COVID and cancellations and all the rest of that. But why, why am I still competing in my 40s as a mom? And this would have been my 20th year competing because I'm still chasing that dream of becoming the world long drive champion. I've come second in the world. I lost by three yards, but um, I have this a burning desire to always be better, to always be better and find better. And so that's, that's why I still pursue that. Uh, why do I stand on the stage and share my story? So as a keynote speaker, uh, my, the title of my, my speech is drive determines distance. I believe knowing and being committed to what drives you, what inspires you, what you're passionate about how, determines how far you'll go both personally and professionally. So for me, when I can, when I can give people that aha moment in the audience after they've heard my speech to me that's 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 my why that's my why as to why I go out there to know I can I can make a difference I can I can inspire people to find their greatness um and, and then I, I in terms of why I run my do my golf schools again to, to help people give them confidence if I can give them some tips and tricks to help them get confidence so that they can go out to their corporate and charity golf tournament and and make that next big business deal and not miss out because they sat in the office because they didn't have the skills those are my whys to help people help people better themselves and be what they're capable of being and when you when you look back at that and one of the trends that i've seen lisa in talking to various people on my podcast um you know i, I see a lot of the pattern of when they were when they were a kid um and there was the people that inspired them or the people that had that did something for them or the people that said that one thing when your light bulb came on that one day I see that pattern start to show up later in life where all of a sudden you're doing the same thing for others. 
Absolutely. It's true because you, 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 you have been inspired. And, and as I mentioned, for me, it's been my mom. I now fashion my life like, like how she does. I give, I continue to give back. And she was someone that was always volunteering. I continue to give back. I want to help people. I want to inspire people. I want to, I see what, when someone helps you and when someone supports you and when someone's your cheerleader, how great you can be so you're right now as an as an adult these are things that i want to do for other people and for that next generation my and my son i want i want to be that person for my son that i can help inspire and motivate him yeah and um and so where where do you think he's gonna go where you know i mean, having you inspire him and, and your energy around him every day i mean it's got to be pretty crazy uh, <laughs> right but it all so when he's not throwing pucks at me, he videos my, my, he does all my videoing for all my, uh, for all my videos for me. Um, you know, for where he's going to go for him, he's so passionate about hockey, you know, for uh, like what his dream, his dream, like obviously all, you know, for young boys in hockey, the NHL, that would be his ultimate dream. But for him, I, I think maybe if he worked really hard, perhaps maybe an NCAA scholarship in hockey, that could be Wow, can you imagine? And that's something that he would love, love to be able to do. He's also a very good student. He's, he's uh, talked about, you know, uh, either architecture or law. Those are two that are interesting and interested for him. But I want him to, because he has seen both my, myself and then my husband. You talked about all the time that you've volunteered. My husband, too, has been coaching since he was, uh, my son was a Timbit. So five years old. So he was coaching. And so this will be hard if my son makes this quadrant hockey, the triple A team that he's trying to make. Uh, my husband won't coach anymore. It's paid coaches and all the rest of that. So that'll be, you know, sad for him. But he's watched my husband and myself donate thousands of thousands of hours. We hope that through our example, he will go on and volunteer and give back to his community as he grows up as well. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, just leading by example, right? You know, yeah, when my, um, I coached my son, well, again, in hockey and in baseball, so when yeah. he was little, little, right? And it came to a yeah. point where, you know, he, out, so he outgrew me. And, yeah, well, that's, and that's the thing. So my son, my, my husband also coached baseball. I actually coached, I was one of the baseball coaches until the kids were better than me. And then I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, but I, you know, I, and I coached his soccer team as well too, although that wasn't a forte for me because again, as a parent, I don't want it just to be the dads doing that. It's like, Hey, let's go. I'll figure it out. I'll figure out how to coach six-year-old soccer. All right. There's yeah. the internet. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, you know, it, it's so much fun and it's, it's so rewarding and, yeah. you know, and, and I understand it uh, about just the time and the commitment and the, you know, and it's so, it's so interesting because even as a, as a head coach of all the practice plans, all the, all the organization, oh, right? Hours, hours. Hours. And then yet, and then you'll always have those parents that will come back and say, you know, what didn't you do or how come they didn't? And, you know, and it's like, they've never walked a mile in those shoes. And, and if you didn't agree more, yeah, it's, it's the energy yeah. that goes into it is absolutely incredible, but very worth it in the end. Absolutely. So, Wouldn't trade it for a second. Yeah. And so, you know, what I was going to say to you about, um, so here is, he's got his mask on. So this is, this is James Pond. <laughs> so the, the goal for James Pond, right, is to better the pond around the, around the globe. Okay. And so if you see the map behind me, right? Yeah. So wherever he goes and betters the pond, so let's say in Calgary, when you better the pond, I can go to the map and I can scratch off Alberta. Because Absolutely. we bettered the pond there. And the whole, the mission, right, is to have that entire map completely scratched off by the time that, by the time I die. I right? love it. And, I love uh, it. And so that we're gonna, we're gonna, we're together, we're gonna better the pond, the whole, we're gonna better the pond around the globe. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna send. I don't know if you've seen it on Facebook, but I will send you the video for James Pond. Oh, I'd love to see the video of James Pond. Oh, you have to see it. I'll, I'll, I will share it with you. So perfect. So, um, what is, you know, what does your future look like, Lisa? Um, what do you, what do you dream about? Uh, paint me a picture of your golden pond. You know, my golden pond. Uh, again, as we're looking into the future, um, would be. I want to, I want to help others. You know, I want to continue keynote speaking that to me, I absolutely love the speaking aspect. So I want to continue speaking. I want to continue teaching. So I want to continue giving clinics instruction, whether that be virtually or in person. Uh, that's something that's important to me. Um, and I, I, I want to be the, a, a grandma. I hope that one day I get to be a grandma and I get to be the grandma 
grandparents that my parents have been to my son. And I, I see, you know, you're thinking of your golden pond. You know, I, I think about what a gift uh, grandparents can be in a life. And, and I want that. I want to be that uh, for my son. And if, if, if he chooses to have children and, and to do that. And I think that the other thing I want to make sure on, on, on the golden pond, I think we, we get so busy. Something that COVID has taught me is we need to reconnect. Taking the time to pick up the phone and call a friend get together with a friend, social distance, of course, uh, but getting together with a friend and, and truly checking on a friend. I think with social media, it sometimes can become, uh, you know, it, it's so quick. It's like, oh yeah, like, 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 oh, woohoo, you know, a little comment here and there, but it's not really delving in. Yeah. And so my golden pond, I want to have my circle, my circle that of people around me and, 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 and surround myself with positive, wonderful people that we give back to each other and help each other and support each other you know, to me, that would be, that would be amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. I, you know, I, I totally agree with you. Um, and I think that you're right. I think that in regards to COVID, I mean, it has, and I can only speak for myself and what, what I've witnessed, but it's really start, got us to stop for a little while, like long enough to yeah. really, to, to really connect again and to really have those conversations. And, you know, um, I think that I always said that, you know, prior to, you know, the being busy was almost a badge of honor. Um, and, you know, well, I'd love to connect, but I'm too busy. Well, I can't, I'm too busy. Um, exactly. And now all of a sudden it's like, hey, we've been given the gift of time. Um, and having those connections are so more meaningful. Agreed. Than, than they were before. And, um, and, and that, you know, in my, in my opinion, that's what makes the world a better place when we can all start. Yes. And we can't wait until our kids are all grown up to do that. You can't start reconnecting then. We need to start reconnecting now and spending the time now, even if we are busy, uh, because if, 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 it's, if it's something that's important to you, you'll make the time. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Lisa, this was wonderful. I, I really enjoyed your time today and I really enjoyed your story. And I'm going to be envious uh, till at the end of days that uh, I can hit the golf ball, not even remotely close to the start again. <laughs> or wake. I love the water and I've, I've actually never, I've never wake. Oh, certain. you'd love, I've heard there's some awesome lakes in Saskatchewan. There's lots of awesome lakes in Saskatchewan. I've, I've actually been to Good Soil, Saskatchewan to compete, the home of Ron Greshner. Ah, wow. Right? I've competed there. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. But yeah, there's some great lakes in Saskatchewan. Great lakes in Saskatchewan. I'm, I'm a scuba diver, so I go under, but, um, you know, but I still, I love the water. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. a fish. So if anyone wants to find you, where do, where do the listeners go to find you, Lisa? Well, I'd love to connect. I, again, my name is Lisa Bluesbook, but it was funny when I won my first national title, no one could spell or pronounce my last name. So they actually, the, the article, there was an article written in the Calgary Herald by John Down and he nicknamed me Lisa Longball. And it's just a moniker that's stuck. So uh, they can find me on my website at lisalongball.com. My social media handles for Twitter, Instagram, or at Lisa Longball and TikTok. And then also for Facebook, I have a page, a Lisa Longball page that, I, and again, I'd love to connect. If anyone has any questions, or if you want to check out any of the instructional videos in particular, because they're free, they're free, they, they, they can help. I've had so many people tell me how much they, they've helped them. So please uh, check that out. If you have any questions, feel free. I'm, I'm always wanting to try to help uh, people and help lift them up. You are a absolutely wonderful human being. And, and I'm so happy to have you in our pond because you do better the pond. Yeah, your energy is fantastic, Lisa. And I, it is. It's amazing. I love people being around people like you. Uh, just you're uplifting and um, and you're doing things for others and that's to me that's what matters and that absolutely and having those connections and and always always trying to give back and make the world a better place and that's what this is all about absolutely. So you, you exemplify the mission of better the pond thank you so so there you have it folks it was a great time here again this is Warren Berry flocking off to take you beyond the pond to better the pond because we're better together. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you very much. Thanks, everyone. Well, thanks for landing on the Better the Pond podcast. Do you know someone who should be in our flock? Contact Warren at warren at instinctivesolutions.ca to tell us their story. Until next time, what ripples will you create? Cheers. Cheers.